Welcome to Running Down the Clock, where we break down all of this week's big news, events, and controversies from the National Football League. Over the next 45 minutes, we will give you basic fan perspective and opinion on the most important stories and moments happening now. So, let's start the clock. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Running Down the Clock. Uh, I am Tyler Walzak. I'm here with Puya Ricey. We were just uh, about to come on air. We started talking about referees. I think it's going to be a big subject for this week. I'm actually going to start a 45-minute clock here because we might need some timeouts on this uh, this episode. But um, let's talk college football first because we're going to, like, like I said, this is going to be a lot of referee talk for the beginning because something needs to change in college and NFL, specifically in the Iowa game, which is the west part of the Big Ten. Iowa would be in first in the West, so they'd be playing in the Big Ten Championship. They lost on the weekend on a last-minute punt return that they scored with a minute left, got called back. Puya, did you see this? Uh, Yes, you sent it to me specifically so that I would see it and have something to say. Yeah, About five minutes ago, yeah. So say the thing. (laughs) Say what you were talking about before I said, hey, let's just record this and do it now. Well... Let's set up uh, set up the the context here of what happened. So the guy makes the gets the touchdown, gets the touchdown. Reviewing the play, the reviewing it's the play. Possible he might have stepped out of bounds, and I that's why the review. Fair. That's and fair. That, he might have stepped out, and that is the review. That is why they took the time to review. They said we're going to check to see if he stepped out of bounds. That is why they reviewed the play. Now during the review, it seems that apparently the referee has made a now decision, not a then decision, a now decision that. Oh, he actually waved his arms, so it's therefore a fair catch. That is the decision that that referee took upon himself while watching to see if he stepped out of bounds, which is wrong in on so many levels. You just check the one thing. You can't check everything about the whole play. There's a that's, lot that's of issues any challenge. With things that are reviewable, non-reviewable. I think that needs to be re- reassessed. But looking at the play... He waved his arm, but he waved it out. Now he waved it and down almost. He waved it down and sideways, yeah, telling his horizontal. guys, "Get away! Get away from the ball! Get away from the ball! Yeah, get away exactly. From the ball. It was a horizontal, as in like you know, like, yeah, clear out, clear out." Now, one thing I don't know a lot about football. One thing I do know from what the refs have said for it to be a fair catch, high and loud. So wave your arm up high, and if you're screaming "fair catch," say it loud. So yes. it's obvious. So it's not a controversial like, well, did he kind of just put his arm up a slight bit up to his shoulders a little bit just to kind of maybe go for the fair catch? So then if he had room, he'd actually run it out and say, oh, no, it wasn't a fair catch. This one was blatantly not above his shoulders. It was out. His arm was out. Not his side. And they were saying on the the program on, on television, whatever network it was on, you can hear him screaming like scatter, scatter, scatter or something along the lines of like, I'm not catching this ball. Watch out for the bounces to his teammates because you don't want the ball to bounce while your teammates trying to block for you because um, they're not watching the ball in the air. They don't know where it's going. So the the fact that they called it back and cost them that game is they lost that game because of that call. They probably lost their chance to go into the, the Big Ten Championship. That is a horribly offensive call to make as a ref when all you were doing was checking to see if the guy was stepping out of bounds. Now, at what point do referees have to be held accountable for these decisions? Because there's nothing's going to happen to this guy. So I got two points. If you've ever played amateur sports, 
you often get these referees. And I don't know how it is the same in uh, pro sports. I assume there's got to be some sort of uh, correlation or similarities, but there's a lot of these referees who just never, their career never made it where they wanted it to go. And so now when they ref amateur sports, they make it about them. They want to be the star of the show. They have like, for some reason, instead of just being kind of an unobjective figure, that's just calling, you know, like enforcing the rules. They are trying to be the star of the show and they make it about them. Like they have their moment. And it seems to me sometimes these refs, they're trying to go a little above and beyond the call of duty. Like in this situation, as you pointed out, all he needed to do was decide whether he stepped out of bounds. He took it upon himself to now make a new decision, a new ruling, a new calling that you can tell by the play. Nobody else on either team felt this way. No, it was everybody was confused. Everybody was confused as why it was taking so long to just determine from the sideline camera if the guy had stepped out of bounds or not. And he wasn't even close to stepping out of bounds. He made it about himself. That's what it wasn't his job. His job wasn't to review that at the time, to just come up with a new new take, a new uh, perspective on the play. Well, that's the, the so completed. you use the you use the amateur analogy like when we play hockey and those guys do every once in a while you're just like what is going on with this ref like he's having a day or something but he's also an amateur ref these are professional referees so this is their yeah. like so and that's my, also part of the go ahead my second point about that is I'll use the NFL for example I was just gonna go there as well so this is a good transition into that the refs are the NFL. They're the representative of the NFL. The NFL is never going to make themselves look bad. They're not going to punish the refs. They're not going to do anything like the refs are the NFL. They are the, they are the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the, uh, the face of the NFL on the field. They represent the NFL. They represent the shield of the NFL. Yeah. So why aren't they full-time jobs? Well, I'm sure it's supposed to do with, uh, um, they work 17 weeks. So they work 17 weeks out of the year. That's it. That's all or 18 weeks out of the year. That's all they'll ever work. And maybe some of the, the preseason games as well. Yeah. But w- what more should they work? No, they shouldn't work more. But is that the reason why they don't want to hire them full time? Because why are these guys not full time? Some of them are middle school teachers. And well, what do teachers you don't hire them full time. What else would they do? Like, don't let them do anything else. Have them year round so that when they're not actually doing games, they're training for or going over the rules or they're in camps going over why this should have applied, why that should have applied during the week. They go back to their jobs. They only work weekends. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure there's an inside discussion at the NFL about that. Like, I don't think the NFL as an organization wants bad refing, but they're getting it. And it's a problem, especially now because gambling, gambling yeah. is going to affect everything. You're telling me that I'm not saying that this is actually happening, but you got a second guess every once in a while that a middle school teacher who probably makes like, I want to say 35000 to $50,000 a year, US, wouldn't second like be like, hey, I uh, could use an extra $100,000. I'm going to put this check and make sure that this game I'm playing this weekend goes my way. Are the refs allowed to bet on the games? No, but the players aren't allowed to, and they do. Yeah. So as long as you don't get caught, you're allowed to bet on anything you want. Because yeah, we saw the Colts also got screwed this weekend with a the Colts should have won that game. That was that was a ridiculous, ridiculous pass interference call twice that allowed the the Browns to to win that game. Yeah, I thought that turnover where he sacked the QB, caused the fumble, Colts recovered. Yeah. That that was Colts ball. Oh a hundred percent. And that that again is and they admitted it, the NFL admitted it after that that was the wrong call. 
But that wrong call cost the Colts a win. Instead of going four and three, they're now three and four. Instead of being yeah. one game behind Jacksonville, I believe they're now two. I don't know what the NFL ever wants to do about it, though. Like, I they don't have think to the hire NFL... these guys full time. They have to hire them full time, and they need a stable what's gonna of change, backup though? guys. What's, what's going to change? That like they're still gonna. If you're saying that they're going to make decisions that will benefit them, maybe they got a little bet off the books. Okay, well, they'll maybe, still maybe, do it. Whether they're don't hire full time, they're still going to do it. Okay, maybe don't hire the referees on the field full time. Let's get a full time instant replay team at every stadium. That while they're picking, while they have those little discussions with the other three referees, being like, "What did you see? What did you see?" The guy who actually has the every footage, every camera angle, can be like, "Hey, that's not a penalty. Take the flag. Take the flag up. Take the flag up. That's not a penalty." Within five seconds, they can make that happen. That wasn't pass interference. Take it with the play. It was a bad call. Bad call. Take the flag. Now, so you're saying that this person, their authority on the field is higher than that of the on-field officials. Yes. The video replay person can overturn any decision that a ref makes. Yes. Why not? Why why are we sticking to why are we still making but human doesn't the error same, when we don't need to? Well, I'm just saying the same thing then will take effect. That human factor of the reason the refs will make the bad calls, this instant replay guy will start doing the same thing because they're not sure. But somebody has to because we're getting the wrong outcomes on two huge games this weekend. One college. You can actually say three, too, because the Rams game, the ball was spotted in the wrong area. Now, mind you, if the Rams had a timeout, they would have been able to challenge that. So that is a little bit of coach error. But at the same time, the, they should have had another chance to win that game. I'll throw another idea out there for you. Where do you stand? And I know baseball has talked about this more than other sports. Eliminating the refs, complete AI technology to just make make every ruling based off the actuality of what it is. No human factor. So you need I don't know if the technology the is there yet for the NFL. I'm just throwing it up as an idea. Where do you stand on that? You need refs, no refs. on the field. You need them on the field. Well, Even no, in football. you have a whistle on the field. You need, you need the refs on the field. Let them make the calls. And then when the instant replay says that was the wrong call, then have it overturned quicker. But the speed of the game, you still need referees out there. For strikes and balls, you don't need the umpire well, what do you mean? behind the plate. No, but I mean, I'm saying if you have AI that's just watching everything in real time, and there's just you know like the same way you have a speaker there, you just have a whistle on the play, and it'll announce what happened. It'll that'll slow down the game a little bit. You need to to not have every play come down to AI. Pitches and ball like strikes and balls, one thousand percent can be decided right like that. They've got that technology down, but you still need a representative on the field to just have someone to talk to, just to have a face to go with it. Cause also that first base umpire in major league baseball is probably the best referee in any job. Like when they hear the ball and then look for the foot to step on, they're right. Like 90% of the time, it does just help things go quicker, but you can't just rely on that anymore. We are so far advanced in technology that going back to football, like there's no reason that like that call should happen. There should be people in the stadiums that go back to one office in New York, instant replay to be like, that was a bad call. Take that back because they admitted it at the end of the game. NFL yeah. said, Hey, this is the, that was the wrong call. So they could, they could have done that during the game and corrected this. But is this not a recurring issue? Every, every, that's year? why I'm saying it needs to change. But do you think the NFL actually cares about changing it? Yes, because they have to, they have to, or else the product's going to suffer. And if the product suffers, 
But hasn't the product been suffering always? Since I've watched football, there has been controversial decisions in games which have been decided by the referee, getting the wrong call, missing a call, allowing a play to go on. And it's consistent every year. There's a few big games where it happens. Different now. It's different and now it because of gambling. Seem like, I don't know if the NFL it's, seems like they want to do anything about it's it. It's different now because of gambling. Gambling with gambling being so huge, sports gambling being as big as it is now, they have to they have to make a change. But doesn't this just buy into our conspiracy that Vegas and um, the NFL are on the same side? A hundred percent. But that's what I. That's why yeah. it needs to be changed. Like the people are going to stop betting if if they keep getting screwed over like this. Ah. Uh. I don't know about that. Only for the fact that they're making betting more convenient for people. There's a lot of drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, things that kill people. It says right on them. This will kill you. People don't care. People don't always make the most sound judgment. You make it easy, plentiful, and available. They're still going to go for it. People like betting for the sake of betting. The odds are always against you. The smartest decision in betting is for 90% of people is not to bet. Yet people don't do that. They're not going to go with the smartest decision. They're still going to bet. They enjoy it. It's the thrill. They're chasing that high of winning. And when so, it's harder, it's even more fulfilling when you hit that parlay. <laughs> but so you don't think that there's they don't need to do anything then? That's what I you're think saying? they absolutely need to do anything. I'm not convinced that they care enough to do anything. They're, they still got a chokehold on people. People love the NFL. It's still growing. It's only getting bigger. But uh, that just makes this more frustrating. It is. I agree with you. Like I, I don't disagree that something needs to be done. I'm just not convinced. I'm the pessimist. I'm not convinced that they're going to do anything or that they're in looking to do as much as we would like them to do. I'm sure, you know, as a business, they will um, address the concerns of the fans at some point through the season. Oh, we admit fault. Hey, we're going to launch a new program for refs to get better trained. But I don't think they really care as much. They don't care as much as we do. Yeah. That's see, that's just that's just frustrating because they're like every Colts fan should be sick out there. And if you're a Browns fan and you're celebrating that win, you shouldn't be. That's garbage. That's a garbage win. You know it. Everybody knows it. Anyone who saw this game, anyone who heard about it after knows that that's a garbage win for the Browns. But let's move on to uh let's move Sean on to... was pretty stoked about that win, eh? Well, that's because he's a garbage person. Is he done? He's not done only for the fact that they're too invested in him. And the okay, again, I got two things. I always got two things. It's easier for the backup to look good in moments like this because there's no pressure, right? Right. Backups often like have this, you know, they come in for a couple games, they look good, they take they, you know, they come in as relief. There's not a lot of pressure. There's not the highest expectations on him. But to do that over the course of a season or a couple seasons is a lot more pressure. It's a lot more difficult than to do it for one or two games, you know, sporadically. And the other thing is there's a lot of criticism of Deshaun Watson that his heart's not in it anymore the same way as, you know, like it's expected of a player of his pay grade. Like the fact that he won't kind of fight through injury to play a lot of people are saying that like he's been medically cleared. He just chooses not to. And again, I, I respect people to that look after themselves and understand their own body and not just be forced into playing when it's not the right time. But his play on the field is not good. It no. doesn't seem like his heart is in it the same way. You know, as a he's, fan, he, don't can't, you... he can't talk about the rust anymore. He's had enough chances to have played yeah. since the time off. Been like it's not a rust off. factor. You got to, at some point, just, I don't care how long you're off. 
you're a pro athlete making 230 mil, you have to start performing a little bit. And don't you don't you kind of have to expect that from your players too? Because listen, I know you're right. Like people should be taking care of their bodies, should be taking care of their mental health and all that stuff. But at the same time, that comes with a job, right? The body language for me doesn't seem like he really cares. And maybe it has to do with he's kind of an enemy now in a lot of people's eyes. And maybe that's a bit demoralizing for him. You know, he feels like, you know, people don't love me. Fuck them. I'm, I am I don't care either. Maybe that's say most people hate him. Yeah. So, so again, I don't know if that is the, his attitude or anything, but that could be that could be one of the um, causes. But to me, it doesn't seem like his heart is in it the same way. It, I agree with that. And I, I don't, I think they've wasted a lot of money on him. I don't know. I don't know what they do to get him to want to play. Like, do you bring somebody in to compete? Like, do you trade for Ryan Tannehill, let's say? Because it seems like the Titans are done this year. Like, they just traded yeah. away their, one of their best players on defense to the Eagles. But if he doesn't care, he's still getting paid either way. So you cut him, he's still paid. All his money was guaranteed. I know. So, so there's no compete. You know, if he doesn't care to compete, that won't be the motivation, right? Yeah. I mean, the, that's the one thing you have to think about when you're signing a player to, if you own an NFL team, you have to think about when they get this money, are they still going to want to play? Is their drive to win higher than their their bank account, what they want their bank account to be? That's with any athlete, really. And it's, a lot of them, it just doesn't work that way. Because you get no, that, you get the best. nature. I don't know. We play hockey for free. And we're still out we there pay, trying to win. For free. We pay. We pay. We pay we to play pay hockey. We pay to play. Yeah. And these guys are getting paid to do what we want to be doing. Yeah. And everybody always has their best year in their contract here. When their contract's about to expire, that's when they play the best. And then they get the money and there's a step back in, in what they do. It yeah. happens all the time. But I mean, all if you time. woke up, if you woke up to $250 million in your banking out tomorrow, free and clear, ah, your motivations go down a little bit. You're yeah, not going to hockey tonight. I was gonna say I probably quit the hockey team. <laughs> I can't get hurt. I got a yacht I gotta take care of. <laughs> but that leads me to something that's not football. But did you hear what A-Rod and Kevin Durant said this week? No. So Alex Rodriguez, for anyone that doesn't know baseball, uh big time player for the Yankees and but also more so the and the Rangers, Mariners and the and Mariners, Rangers. right? Yeah. So I would say that his career was more Mariners Rangers based than it was success with the Yankees. He got one World Series with the Yankees, didn't he? Sure, but he's not an all-time Yankee, is he? Uh, that's Is LeBron an all-time Laker? No. That's because there's been so many legends. It's not that he was bad with the Lakers. It's just that there's been so many legends that had their entire career with that team. So same with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant and A-Rod both said, Kevin Durant with the Golden State Warriors, my jersey should be retired in San Francisco. And A-Rod said, my jersey should be retired in New York. I'm saying that they can both go fuck themselves. Because that's give, not... As I a give like, A-Rod he, more of an argument there. Because Kevin Durant was what? Three seasons? Three seasons there. Three Two championships, three years. Yeah. But he went to a championship. They won a championship the year before he got there. Yes. So they were a championship caliber club. He didn't put them over the edge. I'm right. sure he helped. Like he, oh, yeah. I'm not saying they were, they weren't guaranteed the next two championships without him. No, but you went to a championship caliber club, and you only played three seasons, and you dipped. And, like A Rod spent a little bit more time with the Yankees than that. I don't know how many seasons be, he was there. It shouldn't be just your numbers with that team. Like Kevin Durant won. I think he won both the MVPs in the finals of yes, the two did. times he won with Golden State. 
but it should be your willingness to stay there, your fan, like whether the fans love you or not, and your numbers. Yeah. Like it's, these guys don't, none of, nobody liked A-Rod when he was in the Yankees. And Kevin Durant was a sellout for going to Golden State. He was only there for three years. Why would your jersey number be retired? I've always said. Three years. You, gotta, you should said, be there for like 10. 10 I've always years said you want your jersey number retired. He went to the team that Steph built. 100%. So it's bullshit that they, they're asking for their jerseys to be retired. That's just a little rant I wanted to go off of. Um, Does Kawhi Leonard get his jersey retired in uh, Toronto? No. His one championship, year, no. his one championship to me meant more to that club and that organization than the two Kevin Durant put to the Warriors. I agree because it's the only one we've had and we weren't exactly. going to get it without him. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I still don't think his jersey should be retired. I don't maybe, think so either. Maybe, maybe put a statue of him and Kyle Lowry outside the arena, but jersey shouldn't be retired. No, I agree. Jersey retirements go for all time legends of that franchise yeah. that have been prolonged over time there. Yeah. He was a mercenary. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Back to football. Tyson Badgett, the Chicago Bears uh, quarterback who came in for Justin Fields. Love division, a good story like this. Division two quarterback. Did not play division one, so he wasn't playing the best in the NCAA in college. Um, backup for the Chicago Bears. His dad, I heard this on um, the PMT part of my take. His dad is a professional arm wrestler, and he owns an arm wrestling bar in like Brooklyn or something like that. Tyson Pageant, <laughs> his quote before the Bears game, when the reporter said, like, hey, you're a Division II quarterback. Like, it, you shouldn't be in the NFL now that you're here. Like, what would you be doing if if you weren't an NFL quarterback? His response was, I'd probably be doing CrossFit every single day, getting as jacked as possible, and then I'd be, like, a middle school teacher. Hilarious. Yeah. I, I like his story. I bet he was apparently – he was a very good Div two quarterback. He was Probably. among the yeah. best. Yeah. The, you know, so. the last, he's the last division two quarterback to win a game since um, John Kitna. Good old That's Lions. your boy. That's John Kitna. Yeah. When he played 0 16. Yeah. He must have had a win before that 0 16 season with the Lions where he was our starting quarterback. God damn. Um, we had a national tight end weekend. Do you like, do you like this like tight end university? I, I don't get it. I'm not against it because it doesn't have any effect on me. I feel like it's just, if I'm against it, it's just being a hater. I don't understand the whole thing behind it, but I will say this. Maybe it's the media coverage manipulating me, but it seems like the tight ends always play better on national tight end day. Maybe they're yeah. just getting more love from the quarterback and the uh, offensive coordinator, but they always seem like they're doing more. Yeah, that's true. But they're also like the announcers talk about it more. They do. My guy Darren Waller had his best game. He's on my fantasy team. He had his best game of all season. Finally got a touchdown. 19 points, something like that. Um, That's because Saquon's back. Saquon Barkley opens up that offense so much. Like, offense isn't great. They don't really have any wide receivers. You think it's Saquon? It's not. Without Saquon. But without Saquon on the field, Darren Waller doesn't get the Darren Waller is double double covered every single time. If Saquon's on the field, they got eight guys in the box, and then that opens up Darren Waller's passing lanes. You're really pushing down this holiday. Also, the holiday, I I love the holiday, and it was just invented by like George Kittle. Yeah, it was like three years ago. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. He's like, today's National Tight End Day. We're gonna do it, and then it just, and then they have Tight End University, which is awesome. It's just them trying to pump up their own. Basically, the tight ends are the best mark self marketing positions in football. Yeah, the running backs need this. They need some of that tight end mojo. 
they do need some tight end mojo. Yeah, tight ends are all the rage right now. They're dating pop stars. They got their own national holiday. Yep, running backs they... got nothing right now. <laughs> Can't even get more than one year contracts. No. Um, did you like the Phillies uh, uniforms this year? This this week? I, I I don't dislike them. They look, and again, I I get why they wear them. So I'm not against them wearing them because they it is a nod to their historic uniforms. But they do look a little, you know, like non-professional someone made a joke you remember all those old commercials hulu has sports yeah they look like the generic jersey that they wore in those commercials <laughs> right like it kind of does on the internet yeah it kind of does look exactly like that the thing that made me i like the jerseys the helmets weren't great um it looks like they just put like a dinky little sticker on the side of it the thing that made me mad was aj brown who i have on my fantasy team wears pink shoes every week he did not wear pink shoes this week because of the he went all green for the Heather, Heather or Kelly green or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't able or something, right? So his daughter can see him on the field. Exactly. Something yeah. Like that. Yeah. But that also helps me see him on the field. Right. And he's on my fantasy team. I want to be able, I want all my players to wear something that nor like I've figured out that he wears pink shoes. So I always know where he is on the field. Keenan Allen, who I also have, who was fucking garbage this past week. He always wears um, a white long sleeves, like tight, long sleeve arms on his arms. Um, so I always know where he is at all times. Uh, you know who the the running back is. The quarterback's playing every single game or every single snap. The running back, you can kind of, everybody's a little bit different in size, so you know who's out there. But the wide receivers, I can never tell. So I need something like that. Long sleeves, shoes. I need more of this. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm I'm okay. Like, I, I don't care <laughs> if my guy has... On your phone. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't even no, know what's going on anyway. I'm, I'm on the TV nowadays. I'm on the TV. I've got from the phone broadcasted to the TV now. Still streaming though, illegal streams. No, don't illegal stream. I use my mom's. I use my mom's NFL uh, Sunday ticket. Not Sunday (laughs) ticket, but her like mobile. She has the you know she pays for subscription cable, and then you have the app that goes accompanies it. She doesn't use it, so I use hers. Oh, that's pretty sweet deal. Yeah, Um, I don't think she knows it exists. She's in her sixties. She doesn't care. She's not watching (laughs) TV on her phone. No, she's not. Um, okay. Did you do you know what the hospital pass is? I know what a hospital pass is. I don't know if there was one reference from this week. No, so it's something Tom Brady and Peyton Manning talked about this this week. But for the listeners out there, the hospital pass is when a quarterback kind of leaves his wide receiver or tight end in a bad spot where he throws across the middle of the field, and whoever is going to catch the ball is going to get absolutely rocked. Julian Edelman. Yeah, Julian Edelman probably did a lot of those. Um, So Tom Brady made a very good point on his podcast. He said that there is no reason. It's actually more. It's an ideal pass now to throw a hospital pass in this day and age of the NFL because your your receiver is either going to catch it or he's going to drop it and get absolutely smoked. So there'll be a penalty. Either way, you're going to get the first down. So it's more advantageous to want to put your guy in a bad spot, knowing that if he does get hit, if he does get hurt, you're going to get the first down like 15 yards. Yeah, I think there's two sides to that, though. It's the extent of the injury, right? The whole point of the hospital pass is that you've put him in such a bad position that he has a very high probability of getting a game-ending, season-ending, or like lengthy injury. Sure, but that was when you could like hit guys right in the top of the head, 
particularly their knees. Now you have to have such a perfect, such a perfect hit as a defender that you miss by an inch, you're gonna get a you're gonna get a flag. Usually they do, so your guy doesn't end up getting hurt, but also you get the flag, you get the first down. Yeah. I if the guy's not getting hurt, right? Like it's a good tactic. I get what he's saying. I don't know enough about you know, like how to prevent him from getting actually hurt. So well, you can't prevent him getting hurt unless like unless you're the defender. Craig Kittle, the I forget who t- went to tackle him. Um, this is George, a lot of the George Kittle, Jesus yeah, George Christ. He's a regular. Was, I don't I don't like he's just Greg Kittle is just his name to me now. I'm just gonna call Who him is G-Kid. Greg Kittle? I don't know. There's gotta be a Greg Kittle out there. There must be. I don't know. I don't know a Greg Kittle. Yeah. But um he got hit in the like basically right in the dick. He, you could see him get up and say, Fuck, I hit right in the dick. And the defender was like, I don't know where else to hit you. I have to hit you right at the waist. Can't hit you in the knee, can't hit you in the head or above the chest. So I like that's the only place I can hit you. Which sucks. Well, you can't hit in the dick anymore either now. Well, you can with your shoulder. You just can't hit. You just can't kick him, kick him or tap him. Can't do that. No. Can't do that. Um, I don't really want to talk about the Lions, but the Ravens look pretty good. So that looked like all the Ravens players showing up for all the like the drop passes, the poor routes from all the previous weeks, all culminated into one game to just catch the Lions sleeping. The Lions looked like they were... Didn't there. stop. They, they didn't stop awake. them once. Did not they stop not them once in, in the first game. half. No. no. They went three and out their first four possessions. First three possessions, they went three and out. Fourth possession, they got one first down and they had to punt it. Um, but the Ravens, every single time in the first half, the Ravens got the ball, they scored a touchdown with ease. Oh, with yeah. ease. But they also, the last six weeks, the Ravens, the, the first six weeks of the year, have been running like a power formation where they just have like two running backs in the back and either Lamar runs it or throws it while scrambling or they just give it to one of the running backs to like bruise it down the middle. Now they're doing like run pass options where he stays in stays in the pocket, decides where to go, goes to the first guy that's um, his first read really against the Lions because they look so terrible. But if they play like this forever and Lamar stays healthy, like that's a scary team. Yeah. Uh they got a lot of guys with questionable hands, though. Like, there was no, none of their hands were in question this week. You know, Aguilar's making the catch. Bateman's making the catch. Who's the other guy? Flowers making the catch. Flowers. Odell made a couple passes. Made a couple catches. Hey, he's not there. a bad, he's not a bad hands guy. He's just, you know, he's not what he used to be. Yeah. He's, he's, he doesn't have the spring in his step anymore. He's getting older. Past his prime. Yeah. Which I don't even know how old he is, but he's definitely. Mark past. Andrews, though, he's still, he's still their number one option. He's still two solid. touchdowns. But not did. only that, like he broke a lot of tackles. He ran through. He made the lines guys look. The tacklers look like kids. Yeah, they didn't look great out there. It was it was a bad day for the Lions? They but were at the asleep. same time, like they were asleep. They'll and they'll bounce back. I mean, you, you're not going to win every single game, and they're notoriously bad against running, running, running quarterbacks. Well, they got a good uh, good matchup this week for them. Raiders Monday night. Now I got beef with Sports Illustrated. I sent you this. They did their. Every week, their power rankings. And they got the Cowboys and the Bengals ahead of the Lions. Lions so are second point. place in the NFC. I have a point about that. And this is the social media generation. Whenever you make a post nowadays, a lot of these uh, you know, content makers, whatever the hell you call them, they have some sort of slight controversy. Like you see these cooking videos and someone leaves like the little corner of the wrapper in the cooking. Yeah, and everyone course. in the comments yeah. points out, hey, you left the wrapper, you left the wrapper. 
they create something with a little bit of controversy in these rankings. So people go in the comments and talk about it and discuss it, right? It's a strategy to get the people talking. It makes the algorithms recognize your posts and circulate them more, whatever the hell it is. But I personally believe you can't really trust these rankings because the rankings are made to spark discussion. They're not made to be any sort of official rankings. Anytime you want to rank somebody, you need to put the criteria out there if you want to make like a real legitimate process. But no, these are just done to start discussion, get people in the comments going. Which this brings me back to anybody that's on TV now. Um, Stephen A. Smith. Did you see some of this bullshit that this guy's been fucking saying? I don't know how I'm going to call time out. Stephen A. Smith is the worst on-screen commentator, announcer, whatever you want to fucking call him. In the same sentences, he shits on somebody and then says, oh, well, like, I don't know why anyone would ever say this about that guy because he completely takes back what he's going to say, whether it's within five minutes or if it's over the past week. And he doesn't remember what he's saying because he just spews whatever he wants at all times because they give him a mic and a voice to do so. He's paid $10 million a year. He has no opinion that he's able to stand by. And I truly believe that we are missing in all news someone that's willing to stand by what they've said prior. And I don't think it's out there at all. It's just to, just for people to get mad and look at or for people to to talk about. Nobody actually wants to bring actual facts and make themselves look credible anymore. It drives me fucking crazy. Anyways, end of my rant. My Just to comment on your rant there, my issue with it all is that we are now at the point where we need instant analysis. And I mean like absolute analysis on the spot. The course of one game, never or like how one player plays in one quarter, one half, one game, doesn't always dictate everything about the rest of their career moving forward or their past. And yet there's so much absolute terms of like, oh, you know, he's lost it. He doesn't have it. This, that, or the other. Because they feel like they need content. Sometimes guy has a bad game. He has two bad games. It doesn't mean as much as we're looking into, right? But, you know, we need to use that and per- make more projections off the future. Sometimes guys just has a bad game. That's it. The, but doesn't he, need to be a talking point. I agree. Well, so why can't he do that? Why can't you say, ah, oh, no, because in the clip that we, you and I looked at last night, Stephen A. Smith shitting all over Lamar Jackson. He's like, he doesn't deserve that contract. He doesn't know, like, he absolutely is underplaying what he's supposed to be doing. He is not a, a future quarterback in this league. To then, like, mo- this past Monday being like, I don't know why anyone would say he doesn't deserve his contract. He's an excellent quarterback. Like, dude, we can we have the receipts to put you side by side in saying this. You make yourself look like a jackass. Why would, as a program, ESPN, would you want to keep that on there if they're constantly wrong all the time? Instead of just, to your point, saying like, he had a bad game or we'll have to give him three or four more games. Because especially in the NFL, the, the conversation changes every week. They used to say Jordan Love was was going to be the next Aaron Rodgers like four weeks ago. Now we even have written down here like Jordan Love report card. Did he throw the game away? Like, you know what I mean? Like everything changes. It's just give people time. You don't need to always make a hot take. You don't always need to have a hot take. What about the 49ers? The 49ers are looking like the best team in the league. Kirk Cousins, your boy, Kirk Cousins and the Vikings were a tank season 
Kirk Cousins. I know. Uh, they were on a tank season. They lost their best player. They're talking about, you know, like they should trade um, Cousins, get some draft capital. And now they knock off the best team in the league, right? I know a Vikings fan, Reed, who's messaged us before, who now thinks that they're going to make the playoffs and win the division because it's a shitty division. A shitty division with the Lions 5-2 and two in second place in the NFC, but I digress, Reed. Um that that you're right. Like it changes one, one yeah, two. one week, everybody's opinions have now skewed, right? So Brock Purdy, we have to talk about him because I feel like I was right. Not looking good. He just needs to manage a game, but that's the problem. Like we said, if he just has to manage a game, he's gonna be fine because of the playmakers. One playmaker goes down, all of a sudden they need two comebacks to try to win the game, and Brock Purdy might not be the guy to win from behind. Yeah, that could be. Now, the first first loss, uh, we can blame the kicker. Yes. There was, I think, two missed field goals in that game. that And were, one at the end of the game that yeah, he that were makeable. Had. Yeah. So, for the sake of discussion, give him a pass there. Okay. This next game... Don't want to, but okay. Yeah, for the sake of discussion. Sake of discussion. We'll give him a pass. Yeah. This next game... He wasn't terrible relative to how he's usually played. Right. He wasn't as good, wasn't threading the needle the same. But Kirk Cousins in the offense actually did quite a good job on the 49ers defense. They didn't, the 49ers defense didn't look as strong as they usually do either. No, they didn't. There's no reason that. Like that one, uh, what was it, the Addison run? Right at the end of the half there where he just that, like, that was the turning the ball. point. Yeah. Once they took that lead, they never caught up after that. No, I know. So, but yeah, the defense didn't look good. I'll give you that. They looked actually really bad. But, you know, that goes to your point of like, he's not good at uh, playing with a... Um... He has to play with a lead. He can't play from behind. Yeah. He won't be a comeback. He's not going to be a fourth quarter comeback guy. He was 21 for 30, 272 yards, one passing touchdown, but two interceptions. I I just don't think that like the 49ers should be worried. Also, breaking news... Um, that won't be breaking because everyone's going to find out about it while we record on Wednesday and this will come out tomorrow. Sam Darno will be starting this weekend, not Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy uh, is out with a concussion. Okay. Yeah. So we don't even need to talk about Brock Purdy anymore, hopefully. Hopefully Darno comes in and just absolutely crushes it. That's what I hope happens. You're a big Darno fan. I am now because you're, I gotta I gotta a, be right about this. You're Brock such Purdy a Darno fan that everybody else calls him Sam Darnold. You call him Darno. <laughs> That's how big of a fan you are. <laughs> I like him now. I need him to end this Brock Purdy nonsense. Which I guess it's, I know it's a good story, and we should all be happy for Brock Purdy. Why is like, it nonsense though? Like, what has he done wrong outside of being the last pick? Get paid his nine hundred grand, wash his dishes with his roommates. And show up and play football. Like, has he ever talked shit? Has he ever, like, all the media, like, hypes him up? Have you ever heard of him say a disparaging thing about anybody? Or is he just a kid who's gone out, living his dream, playing football? Like, what has he done wrong? The media has turned you against him. I get it. But just look at it from him. What is he I don't he think the media has turned him against him. I just, I he, can't No, go the media has turned you against him. That's what it means. I don't think the media has turned him against him. I think I, personally, this is a me problem. I get that. I get that. I can't go another five years with the Lions not winning with a number one overall quarterback and have the San Francisco 49ers win with the last pick in the draft. 
I can't do it anymore. I don't have enough in me. I made it 37 years through this and I can't, I can't keep drafting quarterbacks in the first round and losing to a guy that was drafted last overall in the entire draft, who was literally like if his if he wasn't called last, we would have never heard from him ever again. Right. But isn't didn't we discuss this the other week where this is actually not the worst strategy that most of your quarterbacks are going to be kind of shit to begin with anyway. Like a majority of drafted quarterbacks, they're not phenomenal. There's so like what? There's five good quarterback, like great quarterbacks in the league at any given time. Maybe there's there's probably 10, 10 to 15 quarterbacks that get drafted every year in the seven rounds, 30 picks each round, 32 picks each round. Yeah. One or two are maybe good. Yeah. So unless you go back to like the Roethlisberger, Manning, Philip Rivers draft, which that right. was just an anomaly. An anomaly. So, but we went over this. Now, when you get a guy in the first round, you got to pay him X amount of dollars or whatever. Yes. When you take him that late or you sign him undrafted, you create what the 49ers have, that luxury of building having a defense. this much, yeah. yeah, having this much dollars to spend on every other position. The quarterback is usually your most expensive position. Yeah. So if you can eliminate that, why not? Like that's not a bad strategy. It's not a bad strategy, but it shouldn't work. Why? Because he's not good at football. But why is he worse than all the who who are the quarterbacks? I don't remember who's the quarterbacks in his draft year. Okay, quarterbacks drafted in 2022 with Brock Purdy, first round. You have to go way down to Kenny Pickett. Okay, to the Steelers. Not bad. Kenny Pickett still the book is out on Kenny Pickett. His offensive coordinator's garbage. Why? Why are you shrugging that Kenny Pickett? You don't like Kenny Pickett? I'm just saying, is he not a comparable to Brock Purdy? I would. You're not telling me. You're not telling me that Brock Purdy would not reliable. He is more reliable than Brock Purdy. Why? Because I don't think Brock Purdy would have any wins with that Pittsburgh team. I think he's just in the right spot. I don't doubt that he has to do less, but you also have to remember he's in a situation where he can throw. He doesn't have to take it on his shoulders to take a chance to try and win the game, but also maybe lose the game. All he has to do is follow the play calling, follow the coach's plans and rely on the team around him. So we've seen that he is an accurate passer, right? Sure. Yeah. But he doesn't throw. Yeah, he is. Yes. Okay. Yes, he is. I can't so not say he isn't. He might have the same situation as Kenny Pickett on the other, t- another team where yes, he's going to win some games for you, but he'll lose some games for you too. He just hasn't, I'm just saying, Kenny Pickett's <laughs> a comparable. He's a comparable, no? No, I think Kenny Pickett. I think the next quarterback that was taken is a comparable, Desmond okay. Ritter. Who's the next? Desmond, Desmond Ritter. Desmond Again. Ritter. Also, not he's not doing well with his team. Just start firing off the quarterbacks, and you're Malik not gonna... Willis. Malik Willis hasn't played. Matt Coral. Corral. I don't want to say that. Um, got to keep going down. There was only nine drafted this year. I uh, got to keep yeah. going down. Got to keep going. Bailey Zappe. For New England's backup. Sam Howell, Washington Commanders. Okay. He's probably the most potential, but again, he hasn't. Nah, Kenny Pickett, done. then Sam Howell. Kenny Pickett's done Sam anything. Howell. He's winning games for that Washington team. We're getting to the bottom of this uh this draft down here. Okay, go, 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 go. But that's my point. So in his draft year, he's pretty comparable to everybody in his draft year. You aren't wrong with that statement you just made. You weren't wrong. No, 
I don't need to be right. I just don't want to be wrong. That's it. <laughs> Put that on my tombstone when I die. That's a bunch of nobody else's that were drafted. Okay. So I would go in that draft class. I would personally go Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, Brock Purdy. Sure. And all of them so far, the book is out. They could all still, Desmond Ritter has fallen a lot. I almost think that they should bring in Tyler Heineke in Atlanta. Um, Sam Howell is holding strong and Kenny Pickett's not going anywhere either. No, the Pittsburgh is sticking with what they got. They don't deviate from the plan. No, they don't. Never do. Um, okay, do you want to get into, uh, do you have a conspiracy of the week this week? Uh, I think there's too many, and it's, but it's just the same conspiracies. It's just the refing conspiracies. That's it. I don't, I don't have why you got to make your own. Okay, I got one for you. <laughs> so out of this is a wild one. This okay. is like, you know, I think you need like a triple decker tinfoil hat for this one. Okay, we're going to conspiracy corner here with Puya. Aaron Rodgers. Huh? Every week, they're just showing him my, like further and further, exponentially further ahead in his rehab. Yes. The conspiracy theory is he comes back this year. The Jets squeak into the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers plays. They rig the whole system. He wins the Super Bowl. And they start to make him a new discussion for, is he the best quarterback ever? Who's who's Who wants this to happen? The NFL. Just more talking, like more, it's more discussion. Don't they hate Aaron Rodgers though? Because of, he's anti-vaxxer and he does all this weird shit. And uh, I don't know Ayahuasca if they hate him. I think they have to have their stance, but he's probably still generating a lot of buzz and revenue for the NFL. No, I think what what the conspiracy you could have got there from that where I thought you were going was he didn't actually hurt his Achilles, but this way he gets to come back, be like a superhero because he got to come back earlier, which should not happen with an Achilles. Gets to the playoffs, wins the Super Bowl. Really, all he wanted was to just not have to play the first half and go through like your body getting hurt and damaged. So he actually just went down, going to save himself 10 games of football come back and he's going to have more energy and a, a shorter season than everybody else. He's doing to the football what Kawhi Leonard did to basketball. Right. I could just picture, like, if you ever heard this, like, just how much he's like, those fucking idiots. If they could just see my fucking uh, Achilles. Yeah, just look at my Achilles. But he is, like, it seems like he's just walking around normally now. Uh, it, it, it seems like he's day-to-day. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> Um, okay, let's get into this week of football. Um, starting off with the Bills Buccaneers Thursday night. This on paper, at the beginning of the season, you wouldn't think this would be a good game. It does, it's like the Buccaneers are three and three, Bills are four and three. Bills need a win. Need Bills to win this had game. a loss last week to their kind of their, their rivals, but not the Patriots' rivals. The Patriots have had the Bills' number for years, yeah, only in the past couple of years now have the Bills been. I, that was a very shocking loss. Um, Bills need to come back and win this game, don't they? Or else they're four and four, and it's just the the noise is going to get loud. I I heard Buffalo. a saying on uh, on Instagram, and like as false it is, is it actually has some truth to it. Josh Allen has this uncanny ability to play down to the level of whatever quarterback he's facing that yes. week. <laughs> you sent me that. <laughs> it's true, though. It's true. it's wild. 
It's if it's he like, plays a great quarterback, he'll have a better game. If he yeah. plays a worse quarterback, he'll have a worse game. Yeah. Which is he, odd because they're not even on the field at the same time. Well, he's gonna have a Baker Mayfield game. But they, they need to win desperately. What do you uh, I know you like the game of the week? That's your favorite part of this. What is, what's your game of the week this week? There you know what? I didn't see a game of the week that really stands out, but there's a lot of good games this week. Okay. A lot of like divisional matches, just teams that are kind of both at a crucial point to get need the win coming off a loss. I like the Niners Bengals. Yeah. Because I do too. The Bengals are on the uptick right now. They're there's they're they're getting a little hot. They're coming off a bye, I believe. They are. Yeah, they're coming off a bye. Um the Niners are on a little downtick. They've lost they need a win again. That's another they've team lost a couple like games. Yep. They've got some injuries now. I think uh they got another injury. Um uh defensive uh what's the guy's name? Um the stud, the linebacker. Um Warner. Fred yeah, Warner. He got he got hurt, didn't he? Did he? I don't know. I just saw him jump. Was he he not the guy that jumped over the pile? The he did jump over the yeah. pile. Yeah, the, cool. the, the the stop the brotherly shove, as they call it. Yeah. Um, I don't know the extent of his injury. Neither do I, but they they need I think this is that is the game of the week by far. The other match. I think it's gonna be a it's a it's gonna be a good matchup, but I mean there's not there's when you look at the schedule, there's the spreads are all like three basically. Um but like teams that that need was like Jets, Giants, that should be a decent game. Yeah. The Battle of New York. Yeah. I think the Eagles commanders, that's a tight game. Yeah. I think, I so think Eagles by three. Like that's a fair. Yeah. Eagles are six and a half favorites right now. It's in Washington though. And the Eagles are coming off a, like a, a high on a Monday night. Vikings it's, Packers. Like we hate Sunday both night. those teams, but Vikings Ugh. coming off a high Packers coming off a low. It's odd that, that the Vikings they're both fighting. They're fighting for second place. It's odd that the Vikings are only one point favorites over the Packers right now. I take the Vikings in that game. That's one of my picks. Is the Vikings over the Packers in Green Bay? But they're only one point favorites. They should win that game easily, especially if they look like what we saw them look like against the 49ers. Yeah. Carolina Panthers. I could see them getting the upset and getting a win. Ooh. That could be the first win. You think? You think they're gonna beat yeah. the Texans? It's in Carolina. I don't think that I don't think they go 0 and 17. They're coming off a bye week as well. So I they're... don't think they go 0-17. All right. I don't hate that pick. I don't hate that pick. Uh, I... Brown Seahawks. What's happening there? I think the Seahawks win it, but the Browns have been a little bit shocking. Their defense has defense stopped good. a lot of teams. Defense... I think I think Seahawks win that game. I'll, I'll actually I think so too, picks but... as well. Seahawks, three and a half favorites in Seattle. I think they beat the Browns. Um, at some point, the Browns are going to have to go back to Deshaun Watson. Like, is that this week? I don't know. He played, he started against the Colts and then he got hurt again. So, I think they're they're starting him. No, I think uh, I think he's out. I think um they said he's gonna be out. I I think they said PJ Walker's uh I think that's a smart move. Go with PJ Walker while he's hot ish. Yeah. Hot ish. Um do the Broncos have a chance against the Chiefs? No. The Chiefs somehow quietly are still looking like the best team in football. Somehow. I know I hate it. They're going to go back to the Super Bowl and they're going to win. The only reason I hate it is because they keep showing fucking Taylor Swift, who's now hanging out with Brittany Mahomes and Jackson Mahomes, which just makes her so th- fucking unlikable. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I was neutral on her. Like, I don't really care. Like, yeah, didn't, didn't care about her. But now no. that she's hanging out with those two, I it's... hate her. Hate her guts. Hate her guts. Yeah. It's making her less likable. Yeah. And I, someone needs to tell her that too. I think one of these Swifties needs to reach out and say, stay away from those two. You're making it's a bad look for you. 
It, yeah. And it is a very bad look. Um, Colts. Saints, you don't want to be down to their level. Exactly. They're trash humans. Um, sorry, uh, Patrick, but there. Uh, Colts. In you know what I'm always curious of? Patrick Mahomes Senior and Jackson Mahomes relationship. Like, what do those two talk about? <laughs> and you know, it's just like, why can't you be more like your brother? Every single time, just looks at him like, why can't you be more like your brother? Why not? Um, okay, Colts Indianapolis uh, are in Indianapolis against the Saints. I'm picking the Colts on this one, strictly because the NFL owes them a win. And the Saints stink. Derek Carr sucks. Your boy sucks. They need well, to go back to James boy. Winston. You love Derek Carr. He, I, I was an Oakland Raiders guy. Oakland Raiders guy. You love Derek Carr. And he just happened to be on the Oakland Raiders. You love Derek Carr. No. You do. You I'm a poster actually, of him. There's a poster of him right behind you. Well, it's, your I got an autograph. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's my other pick is Colts over the Saints. There's my three. Um, did I have picks? I think you did. I don't know if I, oh, I, yeah. I stopped listening to you as soon as we pressed recording. I just kind of make it about me. Yeah. I got the oh, line. Even though the you Raiders. are, you are the champion of the show. Oh, I'm the champion of the show for life. Cause I'm retiring after this, uh, lines over Raiders, chargers over bears, Seahawks over Browns. Those are my picks. Lines over Raiders, chargers over bears, Seahawks over Browns. The chargers over bears, a little bit of an easy. Yeah. That's an easy one. Chargers nine point favorites in LA, but also you never know what they're going to do because their coaches suck. Yeah, but you know what? Suck. The Bears can compete with that. You never know what they're going to do. Yeah, plus they're not playing Justin Fields. It'll be that uh, Division Two guy again, who I like, Badgent. I like him, Tyson Badgent. What a name. What a good quarterback name. Yeah. That's a great quarterback name. It's um, no Brock Purdy, but it's it's a good name. Brock Purdy is a horrible. Why is it a horrible name? Brock Purdy sounds the name of a high school lifeguard. Brock Purdy is a high school lifeguard. I'm sure he'd excel at that. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. You know what? He just maintained him. Nobody's getting pulled out of the water, but nobody's drowning either. Perfect management. Perfect management. If people start drowning, though, he's fucked. He doesn't know how to handle the fourth quarter. Well, he can deal with one drowning. I just mean if there's multiple drowning incidents. As yeah, soon maybe. as one guy starts drowning, though, the others start drowning, and it just becomes Brock, Brock Purdy's fault. That's how it's going to go in San Francisco. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will be back next week with some more Brock Purdy content. Hey, if you're a fan of Formula One, then I've got the perfect podcast for you. The Pit Stop Podcast, presented by the Ordinary Podcasting Network. After every single race of the Formula One schedule, Jordan and Tyler will break it down, give you some news, analysis, insight, before answering your questions and setting you up for the next race. That's the Pit Stop Podcast, available everywhere you get your podcasts. Running Down the Clock is brought to you by the Ordinary Podcast Network and is every Thursday running until the week after the Super Bowl. We hope you enjoyed enough to subscribe and tune in again next week.